Good morning. It has been a few months since I've been here, and uh, I guess I can thank Brother Skank for the invite. I was thinking when I came in this morning, Brother Paul, if you need some more time, I'd let you have it. And uh, as I was walking in, uh, we were fashionably late this morning and uh, noticed that your doors were all locked and you guys have made some uh, good security measures. Uh, I will tell you that uh, in the day we're living in, we cannot be too careful. Um, we've taken some more measures at Independence and I know Cherryville has made some uh, great improvements on security and so if you're thinking you're the only ones thinking about it, uh, you're not and uh, we cannot be too careful. So I encourage you to keep Keep uh, paying, keep the, the flock safe. The other night, uh, the three of us, my Courtney and Devin and I ran to Walmart. And uh, when later that evening, Alicia asked me if Courtney had stayed with us the whole time. And I said, well, no, we were in the hunting department. She had to go look at something else. She wasn't gone more than a minute, maybe 30 seconds. And uh, we had actually had a, I never saw them, but some sex traffickers in Independence Walmart, um, somebody that we knew, their sister, they were trying to get them uh, all while we were there. So it just, if we think it's in some faraway land or city, it's right here. So we can't be too careful, and so I encourage you to continue to take steps and measures. If you're so inclined, arm yourself, just so we can keep ourselves safe physically. Independence, we are in a... Uh, we're growing somewhat, and I say growing, our Wednesday night children's church ministry is, is going as good as ever, and the teens, the last, last few months, we've seen an in, increase. Some of those are borrowed, uh, some that are coming to school, they're there during the week from other churches, and so they're a part of our youth group as well, but uh, God has been blessing, a, a, at least with the numbers, but what we're concerned with is that we're not seeing uh, those young people saved, and so that's a, a real burden on our heart, and I feel like that God has been laying more of a burden for souls on our church, and uh, so we have many challenges ahead. We also have a good problem. We've got several that are young adults. They're not teenagers anymore, but they're not married adults, and so they're kind of in that in-between phase, and so we're trying to figure out how best can we engage them in the church and in the ministry, and so we're going down some new avenues that we've never been before. And uh, so we have our challenges, and I just ask that you, as uh, you just remember us as well, and we'll remember you as we reach others for Christ. And that's the, the song, that's the most important question, do you know the Savior? And if you don't, let me introduce you to him. And that's what we are attempting to do. As I was pondering and, and thinking on what I should talk about or what the Lord wanted for us this morning, a scripture kept going, a portion of a scripture kept going over in my mind. I'm going to be reading out of several scriptures this morning, but the one I'm really going to launch from is 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5, 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Bringing into captivity 
every thought. Fathers, we come before you this morning. Lord, I pray that you would open up your word for us, that you'd give me the words that you would have me to speak this morning. Lord, I pray that as you challenge us to draw closer to you, um, that you would just give us that ability and that you would help us and that you would guide our lives. Again, we ask for your help in this morning service. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I've been reading through uh, the New Testament in the last few months, and now I'm into the letters that Paul has written to the different churches. And I will tell you that there are many times that I have to stop, go back, read it again, go back and read it again. Several, some, sometimes it takes me several times to get what in the world Paul is trying to say. And sometimes I don't get it, and so I have to just come back to it later. But this thought has been coming over and over in my mind. And in the letters that Paul has written over and over and over again, he's talking to them about the law. And Brother Paul, as I walked in, you were talking about circumcision. And he was talking, and Paul talks over and over how the law, um, several of the Jews, you know, lifted up the law as this was the way to heaven, this was the way to Christ. And Paul over and over and over again said, no, the law doesn't give you anything. The law tells us where we are. The law shows us what we should be doing. But to me, the law was a lot of externals, a lot of actions. But Christ and Paul challenged us to go deeper into the next level. For you see, the law didn't change your heart. It didn't change what was inside. And so that is where our challenge is, and that is where Christ came in. They had the law since Moses. Did it really change them? It did not. And so as we look at this scripture, and as we look at what Paul is teaching, Paul himself says uh, that he had fulfilled the law. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. But what he said over and over and over is, while the law was here, it didn't change your heart. It didn't change what was important. And Christ even shared that that was his message. Jesus would look at the Pharisees, and then he'd look at those that were looking at the Pharisees as these were the rulers of the law. These were the, the ones to look up to. These were the teachers. And he would say, they're not going. They're not a part of the kingdom. And then he would tell us how to become a part of the kingdom. If we look into Matthew, and I, I want to... I want to give us some contrast between what the law says and then what Jesus said, which is, deals with our heart. Matthew chapter 5, he said, You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Rekha, shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Here we have the command, thou shalt not kill, or thou shalt not murder. But Jesus says, if you have anger or hatred in your heart for your brother, for your neighbor, you've committed murder in your heart, taking every thought captive. So as I was thinking of this, I, I think of a story in my own life, <clears throat> And it's, it's nothing to brag about. God had to deal with me, and you'll see why. But um, there was a, a few, a couple men in, in my life that I knew about. 
that had done some pretty awful things. And I, I don't care to share what those were, but they were awful. And years ago, I had in my heart, and I had my, my thinking was, if I ever get the chance, I'll take care of them. I said, if, if the United States ever goes into civil war and we're fighting, that'll be the perfect opportunity to take care of them because of what they'd done. There was another one that was, that was I, I'd been thinking of as well, and he actually passed away tragically, and God began to, to speak to me. He said, Ryan, this is something that needs to be taken care of. I was a Christian. I was doing everything I was supposed to be doing, but I had that little thing in my heart, and it actually became big. What's in your heart? And thank God he, he helped me to get through that and, and to ask his forgiveness and to be freed from that. And fast forward a few years when, when Derek killed Tyra, Lish and I were the closest of all the family to them, both physically, uh, emotionally. We were three blocks, we lived three blocks away from them. We were at their house a lot. They were at our house quite a bit. Um, Derek and I had ridden to college one night a week for almost three years. We were very, very close. And when that happened, you can imagine the, the emotions and the what in the world just happened. And I will tell you that for the next year, year and a half, I'd have nightmares. He'd be in the dream. Everybody else acted like nothing had ever happened, and I was the only one that knew. And I'd wake up because I didn't know what to do. Knowing that in the past, you know, I've had those kinds of thoughts of revenge and, and how can I take care of them. With him, I didn't have that, thank God. But I had these nightmares that kept coming. I dealt with that for a little over a year, and I would, I would cry out to God for mercy and for help. And finally, he delivered me from those nightmares. Amen. What was I trying to do? I was trying to bring my heart in captivity to Christ to keep it where it should be. And there came a day when my dreams changed. My dreams changed from that scenario where he would show up and I wouldn't know what to do. I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to decide whether I should protect my family or whatever. My dreams changed to where I saw Tyra, I saw my grandparents, and I realized that I knew exactly where I was. I was in heaven. For the next several years, I would have dreams once in a while, and that would pick me up and encourage me to move on. What a change he had made. Verses 27 and 28, you've heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery, but I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Next couple of verses, he explains, if your right eye offend thee, pluck it out. The right hand offend thee, cut it off. Be better that you go into eternity missing a member than your whole body should be cast into hell. The law says, thou shalt not commit adultery. And most of us could probably say, hey, we're there. We haven't done it. We're fulfilling the law, but Jesus said, but what about your thought life? What about the things you see? What about the things you think about? It's much deeper. Right. 33 through 37, again, you've heard that it had been said by them of old time, 
Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. You can't make it full either. <laughs> but let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. I know in Sunday school we were talking about, you know, in the workplace. I know for the places I have, have worked all my working career, you can be, get tangled up into conversations you had no intention of being a part of. It happens very easy. In fact, it happened this week. I was in the quality department and, and uh, a quality inspector, he and I were, were talking about a part or talking about something. And then somebody took a comment that he had made and twisted it so fast. What do you do? You keep every thought captive. You keep your thoughts and your words to yourself. And if needed, walk away. And so that is our challenge today. Paul told the Philippians, he said, if some of you want to boast about keeping the law, I can boast even more. And so this is what he says. I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. And I was thinking about my own life. I was raised, I've been raised in this church, in the fire baptized holiness church, and now the Bible holiness church all my life. Son of a second generation, third generation preacher. I could probably say a lot, a lot of what Paul said here, that is touching the law of the Bible holiness church. I was a Pharisee and blameless, and probably most of you can say the same thing. We fulfilled all the requirements of the church, but I tell you what I didn't fulfill. I didn't feel, fulfill Christ's requirements in here. And I will tell you that, that I used to think, I used to think that once you were sanctified, saved and sanctified, that all of that was taken care of. And some of you could even make this point probably much better than I can, but I have learned, man, there are some things that come up that I didn't realize were there. And so Paul explains to us that as we come across those things and as the Holy Spirit reveals those things, we got to bring those back into captivity to Christ. And sometimes we cannot do that on our own. I just shared with you, with one instance, it took me a good year to get through that. Sometimes it's not instantaneous. Sometimes I'm hard-headed and it takes God a while. There's some lessons, you know, Jeremy was talking about, you know, sometimes we don't understand the things that we go through. I've thought many times to myself, Ryan, if you weren't so hard-headed, God wouldn't have to bring you through it again. But just because we are, we are saved and sanctified doesn't mean we've arrived. But it's a continual. Paul says, I die daily. And as I, the older I've gotten, I've understood that much more clearer. That as things come up, I have to recommit those things to Christ. Just last night, I had to apologize to my daughter for something I had said. 
the uh, Holy Spirit was working through my wife to work through <laughs> to work on me. Thank the Lord. And I had to say, sis, I, I was sorry. I'm sorry. I, I should not have said that. So he works on us continuously. Paul says in Galatians, and so we're going to look at some of the things. He, he kind of mixes the things of the law and the things in our heart. But here's some things that he says are the works of the flesh. And they manifest themselves in these ways. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. There it is again. Variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the such like. But he contrasts that with this. But the fruit of the Spirit is this. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So in our day-to-day -day lives, we must bring into captivity those things that war or exalt itself against the knowledge of God. My wife, years ago, used to think that if you were tempted, it was the same as being, as committing the sin, and, and thankfully, she, she has gotten past that. But I know there, she's not the only one that has ever had that thought, that just because you're tempted means you have done something wrong, and it's not that way. But is what, it have, what do we do with those things? You see, the devil comes against us with those fiery darts, because... He's been around for a few years. He's done this a few times. And he studies you. He probably knows more about you than possibly you know about yourself. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your strengths. Is he going to attack you in your strength and your strong point? He is not. He's going to attack you when you're weakest. And so I'm not going to go into the, the armor of God, but, but Paul also explains that we must be ready. We must protect ourselves against those fiery darts because he will try to launch a thought. He will try to put something in front of you. And Lord knows that we have a lot of things to look at these days. Most everybody has smartphones and you can get anything you want on that smartphone. Most of my job is, is done on either using my phone or on the computer. And there are just so many things that the devil can throw in there Innocently enough. I remember years ago, back in the days of dial-up, I was on the computer doing some homework at home and something flashed on the screen. I couldn't get rid of it and I ran the other room, hollered at my wife. She thought I'd done something. Later on, while I was at work, she was on the computer and the same thing popped up. Even if you're not looking for it, it can pop up. And so what I'm saying is, sometimes we, are, we have not put ourselves in the place for that to come. Sometimes we do. But we don't have to. And the devil will, will send those fiery darts into your, into your mind, in front of your eyes. But at that point, you have a choice of what you're going to do with it. And so if we could remember the phrase, keeping every thought captive, that's the Holy Spirit's check. Don't go there. Steer clear.
Paul says to the Ephesians, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become of saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. I know what my grandfather, he was a cut up. Grandpa DeLoss, he would pull pranks and many of you have been the recipient of those pranks and those jokes and boy, he had a lot of fun. That's not what this is talking about. But if you've been in the workplace, in a factory, it doesn't matter where, out on, a, out on doing lineman work, the, the talk and the, the chatter begins to happen and, and conversations go south in a hurry. Do your best to steer clear of those you're not always going to be able to leave. There have been times that my face was red, redder than the walls. And I would just look down, look away, because at that particular point, I couldn't leave. You will walk into situations like that. And there have been many times, I, I, I will tell you that at one point in my life, uh, I've worked in some places where people cussed and, and used very vulgar language more than others. And at that particular time, I was working in a, in a place where even the women talked worse than the men did. And, and I was trying to keep focused, trying to keep my mind pure and clean. And man, those words would just come flooding in. You know how gross it makes you feel? So what do you do? I would take those and give them right back to God and say, God, I need some help. I need some help. We can't do this on our own, guys, folks. We need the Lord's help to take those things captive. But what I'm trying to say in all of this is that it's not like going down to Knoll and getting in a kayak or on a canoe and just paddling with the current. We're doing the very opposite here. You know, life would be much easier if we could just coast and, and just ride it, ride it out. But it's not that way. We have to be on purpose. We have to be diligent. We have to be paying attention. You know, sometimes we'll, we'll begin to go down paths that before we realize it, we're where we didn't intend to be. And so we have to make a course correction. But all the time we're fighting the current. And that is what the challenge is. Yes, we may feel good about ourselves because we're keeping the law, we're keeping the Ten Commandments. But let me ask you, have you gone deeper? Because there's something in there much deeper that those problems stem from. When you're in the workplace and, and you have Kaizans or lean events, I don't know if any of you have been a part of those. When you're trying to solve a problem, I'm not producing enough parts an hour. So you begin to study that problem and you begin to really look at it and come at it from every different angle. You bring in different people from different departments who do, do not do that job every day. Why? You're trying to figure out the root cause. You might try something and it doesn't fix the problem. You try something else, it doesn't fix the problem. Brother Dean can probably really explain it on the automotive world. You can change the tires and you can change the wheels, and, but if you haven't changed the hub or that little bearing in there that's causing everything to be out of alignment, you haven't fixed the root cause. 
And that is what Paul has challenged us, and that is what Christ has shared with us, is we've got to get the root cause taken care of. And so I'm not one that's real big on New Year's resolutions. I would like for the next year to be much better than it was this year. And so there are a few things I'm going to have to work on. But if I give you a New Year's resolution this year and going forward, from this year going on, keep the thought and keep that, that portion of the verse. Let's bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And so as we go into this next year, I want to leave you with some good things that we can focus on, some good things that we can think on and that we could strive for. Found in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. All too often our thoughts and, and the things that we think about are, are swayed or they're influenced by the things that we partake of. Music being one of those. I know for me, I... I asked the Lord earlier this year, I said, Lord, help me begin to see things through your eyes. I know growing up and as I became a teenager, I, would, I listened to a lot of country. And uh, I still hear some once in a while, but things that didn't used to bother me that I just would glaze right over. You know, I, I generally listen to AFR, I have my radio tuned to that. So I, I tend to fill my mind with preaching and and uh, Dr. Abe Hamilton III, if you guys know who that is, um, as they're talking about political issues and a Christian worldview, I try to fill my mind with those, but you know, if I do get in the vehicle or at a place and those country songs come on, I have been flabbergasted at what some of those have said that I didn't used to think was a problem. And so I've challenged myself and asked God, God, let me see these things through your eyes. Let me see him from your perspective. Amen. And he's been showing me some things myself that was very sobering. But that's part of taking every thought captive. Why? Because as been said earlier, I want to go to heaven. And I'm not going to do it just by floating along and going with the world and with whatever comes on, just allowing it to happen. I'm going to be on purpose. So that's our challenge, and that's my challenge for you this morning. Is have we gone deeper? Maybe we fulfilled the law, but have we gone deeper and looked at the root cause? And as you go along in life and as, as you uh, progress and you know, as we, you walk in the light that God has given you, he will shed light on some things that you never knew were there. And maybe something that wasn't a problem to you five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, may become a problem for you in the future. Brother Joe shares with us, and he would share with you as well, uh, he loves tractor pulls. 
In fact, he says if he, if he could, he would love to build one of the many tractors. But he says, I know if I would do that, it would consume all my time. And so that was one place that the Lord checked him on. He doesn't mind if, if any of us go, but that's something for him. And I have my own things. I have my own things that, that the Lord has checked me on. Don't go here. You may be able to go, and that is fine. Because God is going to deal with each of us individually. And there's going to be things that are, that are a sore spot or, or a, um, an opportunity for me that's maybe a strong point for you. And it may be the opposite on another issue. So let's encourage each other to keep going strong. Take those thoughts captive. Make sure that they are wholesome and promote Christ. I was trying to find some of my notes from youth camp. Um, I don't know if anybody's got those notes from youth camp. He listed four things. Whatsoever things are pure. Uh, when he was talking about uh, honest speaking um, in, the, in our conversations, I'm trying to remember what those were. I looked last night trying to find that, that, uh, that notebook from youth camp. I could not find those. Whatsoever things are pure and honest, a good report. Let's think on those things. All right, let's all stand. Father, as we come before you again this, this morning, Lord, I pray that as we enter into the new year, Lord, I pray that you would help all of us to keep our hearts and our minds in tune with you. And Lord, and as the devil throws those thoughts and those things that uh, should not be there into our lives and into our paths and into our minds. Lord, with your strength, you've promised that you would help us. We ask that you'd help us to commit those things back to you and to uh, ward those off so we can focus on you. Keep us pure, keep us holy. And Lord, most of all, help us to live so that we make heaven our home someday. Help us to share uh, your gospel with those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.